Okay, welcome to Encore. The Encore Podcast, of course, McCoy. She is Gab, and this week we're going to talk football. But, you know, not the X's and O's of the regular season games. We're going to talk fantasy football this week. Can I see a show of hands how many people are into playing fantasy football? And any leagues out there? Yes, okay. <laughs> I know most of us are. I'm not. Listen. Gabby, I'm going to turn this one over to you this week, and I'll tell you why. Because the last time I played fantasy football, I drafted a kicker in the first round. Now, I thought it was a brilliant move, (laughs) but apparently it didn't uh, pan out too well for me. So uh, I'm just going to give it over to you. I just want to set the record straight that not only did you draft a kicker, we undid that drafting for you, and then you drafted him again right after that. It's the winning strategy that none of us knew. This week, we wanted to just do a short little bit here where um, we have the NFL season starting this week. And what better people to talk to than people in your fantasy league, right? And Mm -hmm. I thought I would recruit two of the most, should I use the word, prepared people in our fantasy league each year. How about flat out competitive? Let's call them (laughs) that. Let's call spade a spade. Although we did have someone in our fantasy league let us into his selecting process this year which apparently is just weighing it um you know you could always try that at home but we have here with us um chris's son-in-law lucas hello and my partner slobo hey i thought that you guys could maybe take us through you know what fantasy football is for our listeners what you would consider a good strategy to be other than picking the the kicker right at the start and just what you guys love about the season so why don't we start with explaining what how fantasy football is different than just regular football? Sure. So basically all fantasy football is, is a game about a game. You look at the stats uh, a player gets, mostly it's offense. You make some arbitrary uh, designation of this amount of yards equals this amount of points. Touchdowns are generally six. And then that's pretty much that's pretty much it. You just see who can get the the biggest number every week. There, there's a pretty long history of uh, different types of leagues in general. Like at the beginning, there was a lot of people who did just touchdown leagues, and then as more people got involved and more people wanted to play, we've come up with different uh, scoring systems that are a little bit more inclusive and allow the game to kind of evolve and be less about just picking the guy who scores luckily three touchdowns one week and uh, having some sort of general overarching strategy or ideas to of how to apply different theories ideas to the game to pick the best team yeah I think it's really interesting um, you know the evolution of fantasy football over the last probably 15 20 years uh, Gab, your your uncle Doug uh, talks about the old days of of taking the uh, the newspaper clippings and you know using that to to figure out if you if you won for that week. So to go from that to now, all of us can pull out our ESPN app and and play on there. Or you know, I, I started out with the with the Yahoo leagues, mm-hmm. but yeah, the the whole game has changed and it's it's really a mainstream. It's not it's not just a, a nerdy man sport anymore. It's really like you said, it's a very inclusive thing. I mean. You know, our family league has all, all different types from uh, grandfathers all the way down to, you know, nieces and nephews. So, you know, it's certainly uh, for all ages and and really they, they made it easy. You just have to pick your players and, and you can almost fire and forget all, all season in that regard. 
Yeah, and I think uh, another funny thing that's come about is even though there are people who might put a, a lot more time into it, a lot more effort into uh, their research, uh, what I've found is in general, the people that show up with absolutely no idea what they're doing, sometimes throw on auto draft after a couple of rounds, <laughs> end up winning anyways. As much as you come in thinking you're prepared or thinking, you know, you've got the grand strategy for the year, chances are whoever's going to win and the the biggest point is to have fun and not worry about it too much. No, I, I was just going to say one of the things I liked about it when I was doing it before I was laughed out of the family league was that not only do you, do you get to follow your favorite hometown team every weekend, but you also get to follow 11 other players as well. And you just got to hope that you've picked the most productive players that you can find. And I know that, you know, people don't think that kickers are productive, but I, as I recall, field goals are worth three points. And then there's the point after touchdown as well. So just saying. Yeah. And you can score more points if, you, if they make longer field goals, right? I think you can get up to what, five or six points per, per kick. I'm not going to say picking a kicker is the best strategy, but I've, I've seen worse. I've seen people take backup quarterbacks. I've seen people take, you know, a guy that ends up getting hurt. 30 seconds into the season. So you know what? If you get a, if you get the best kicker out there, it's better than getting the guy that tears his ACL week one. So I'm not going to rag on it too hard. Yeah. As I think that the competitive part of us makes us want to prepare for, for the, the draft, obviously, because you want to have the, the family, um, you know, bragging rights and, and whatnot. So I think that the big thing is, is, uh, you know, knowing your, your position, you're going to draft. Although, uh, like you said, cousin, cousin Chris uh, with his, uh, you know, wing it strategy, <laughs> Uh, is always best for second place in our league or, or, or worse. Uh, Chris proved me wrong this year. Um, <laughs> I, I think really coming in with at least some kind of strategy for how you're going to draft. Cause you know, generally most leagues do the the snake draft. So, you know, each pick you're going to have each round. So kind of having an idea of, okay, like this year I'm picking eighth and usually you're, you're probably not going to get one of the top running backs. Right. So if you have one of the top three or four picks, you're probably going to go with a running back, but then obviously figuring out, okay, this, this round, maybe I'll go wide receiver. Maybe the next round I'll pick a running back is, is an important part of making sure you, you know, field the, the roster. And the, and the other thing about fantasy football, kind of what Slobo is talking about, it's, it's a lot of luck, but you can mitigate that luck by building a good bench, right? So you want to have the, the positions where players get hurt most often are either wide receiver or running back. Your kickers usually aren't getting hurt. Sorry. Uh, their dad. Uh, but uh, yeah, so making sure you have a nice solid bench of, uh, of guys to go to or, you know, to go to in that in that situation where you because injuries inevitably do happen uh, every year. Somebody's first round pick gets gets hurt either before the season or, you know, week one. To, Don't talk to me about Christian McCaffrey. I'm still upset about yeah. it. I think Jordy Nelson, Nelson did that to me a couple years ago as well. Adrian Peterson's done that a couple of times. Oh yeah. But it's fun. Like, like Slava said, it's fun to, to, you know, it, it gets you involved. It, it keeps the family um, engaged uh, for better or for worse. Um, <laughs> a couple of years ago, the last time we did the family draft that I was involved in, I took a player in the first round who sat out the entire season. Do you remember that Lucas? Yeah. I love you on Bell. Yes. Oh, right. Oh, sat out God. the whole season. So both of you obviously picked up fantasy football long before I did. Was it the fact that you could engage in more football and watch more football that pulled you to it? Or was it like the analytics? 
or was it like the the betting factor of it? My first league was not betting. I did Yahoo with my brother's friends. I think it was just more of a, for the generation that we are of, uh, we can't sit still and do one thing at a time. <laughs> you know, having that second and third thing to do while you're watching football uh, really gets us going. And, and we are the red zone generation. So we, we like to watch every game at once. So I think that was, for me, that was what it was. And, and really it's just fun to have two leagues. So I have our family league and then I have a, a friends league where uh, it's just friends from the past and we all, you know, it's our chance to get together not, not necessarily get together now because we're all over the, all over the world quite literally, but it's just a chance to, you know, get together once a year and, and talk smack on the draft and then uh, keep up during the year. And then maybe if you get lucky, you'll win a couple of dollars at the end and bragging rights. More importantly, thinking about it probably around 20 years now, when I first started, it was really just like, I don't even really know what drew me, drove me in. I remember just like joining random ESPN public leagues and, you know, it's just nine random people across the United States and you would just like draft these teams. And I don't know, it was, it was weird because at the beginning I would do like 15, 20 drafts a year and I, there was like no stake in any of the teams. So it was like, I did it. I guess it was a way to pass the time uh, late in the summer before, you know, going back to school, uh, I guess, get yourself excited for the football season and, you know, kill those uh, last few weeks before starting up classes again. But uh, as I got a little bit older, it was like a way for me and my friends to compete against each other because, you know, we always had to be competing in something. More recently, in like maybe like the past like five, six years, it's an excuse to, like you were saying, Lucas, meet up with some of those people who you don't really see that much anymore. And uh, I, I just had my uh, my league that I've been in since high school draft last uh, this past weekend and I it's people I see once twice three times a year but it's, it's good just to like get together and have this like one thing that we've been doing forever and that we keep doing just to you know stay in touch uh trash talk a little it's a fun excuse to you know yell about football for a couple hours every time we see each other and nobody leaves the league right everyone's in we've had like seven that are, have been like rock solid from like day one and then yeah. we've got a few spots that are rotating, but hopefully we're going to lock those up sooner rather than later. We'll see. Now, do you guys do the dynasty where you keep players or do you? Nope. We do a, we do a redraft every year. Uh, we all get together. Whoever wins the league picks the city, generally where they're from. And then everyone comes over. We, we get the big poster. We do the stickers. Wow. Uh, we have a, a couple other unsavory uh, traditions that we partake in. We just make make a day of it. Since you guys touched on the Dynasty League, do you want to explain the difference between a Dynasty League and a regular league? Yeah. Uh, so basically, a Dynasty League is you draft once and go through. Uh, I mean, it depends on how intensive it want, you want to be. But generally... Uh, rosters are 20, 20 to 30 players deep. So you're getting into like the backup backups and stuff and you pick one team and that's your team for life. Uh, the only drafts you do after that are every year after the NFL draft, you do a rookie draft, which is, I mean, generally coming out of college, you get four or five rounds worth of rookies uh, that are worth drafting. So it's, a bigger time commitment at the beginning and a bigger time commitment in the off season. But uh, after that, it's kind of just a little bit more of a, you have to pay attention kind of at all times rather than just at the beginning of the season. Uh, someone like me, I'm, 
I'm like following news in June, even though it's probably nothing, but you know, the, it, it's a, it's a cool way to stay involved, uh, especially if you're a big football fan throughout the year, because it just, there's always something you can do, something you can tinker with. Maybe you can make a trade, but uh, it's good. Cause you know, you can draft someone and then you hold them through their whole career. So you feel a little bit more invested. And I, I can't tell you how many times I've drafted a guy in like a regular seasonal league, their rookie year and really believed in them. And then the next year they're, you know, a first round pick. So you can't really get them again, but it really ups the stakes of it when you can draft a guy really late and they can turn into a superstar and you've kind of been with them their whole career. So a big reason why I really like dynasty it. It's more focused on the guys you like and you can maybe prove yourself as a, a more astute fan by picking out players that other people maybe didn't see. So can you actively move players in the offseason with a dynasty exit? So you're, it's always open for business. Yep. Um, wow. That's yeah. an ultimate sportsman's. Uh... <laughs> yeah. I mean, obviously like June, there's not much happening. So, you know, maybe a guy gets cut and you drop them. Someone gets signed who maybe didn't, didn't really impress, but they get signed into a play like a running back signs to a team that does, doesn't really have any running back depth they're more likely to like be a starter maybe, but in general, nothing's really happening between the Super Bowl and free agency is like a big dead period. And then free agency to the draft, there's not really much going on uh, besides trades pretty much. But you know, when you're draft or when you're trading in the off season, it's a lot of speculation. And I don't know, a lot of people trade because they get bored. One of these years we should do an auction draft because I feel like that's like I've never done it before. I've always wanted to like auctions where you basically every player has a, a dollar value and every team has a certain amount of money to spend on their team. So you have to like budget. It's like you have a salary cap. I feel like that would be an interesting way to do it. Have you guys ever done that? No, I've done a couple auction drafts for like for fun and like little stakes <laughs> attached to it. It's kind of you get a lot of people that are like, I don't know, maybe trying to like you, you'll get like two guys that know what they're doing and they really manipulate everything. So there's a few uh, like strategies you can employ to get like people to throw away their money kind of. And also people that are maybe not as familiar with the format will mess up their teams pretty quickly. So like, like if I give you a hundred dollars and say, how much do you want to spend on Jonathan Taylor? I don't know, $80. And that could really sink your team because then you have one guy and nobody else. But you have a bunch of dollar players left, right? Yeah. So it, it's tough because, you know, it's like doing kind of anything for the first time where you don't, you really need to get a feel for it. And some people will get that before others. And that can lead to some pretty unbalanced teams. But it's also fun because you can get the whatever player you want, which is, a big bonus you don't have to worry about draft position you don't have to worry about any sort of like order or like oh i have to get this guy before i don't pick for another 20 picks it's a lot more open-ended but it requires everyone to be a little bit more tapped in and maybe to have more of a plan going in or you're gonna end up with some pretty bad teams and some really great teams so the final question I have for you guys, and it's fine for you to keep your secrets because I know we haven't done our family draft yet, but is there, from your previous drafts, I assume that you've done already, is there like players that you like this year? Are there patterns you're noticing? What, what was your pick for uh, your first draft there, Sliba? 
Uh, I picked number three and I got Justin Jefferson, which is to me a pretty big departure because uh, I've been coaching Gab in my ways for three or four years now. And pretty much every time I told her, please just take a running back in the first round. And this is the first year where I'm like, receivers look pretty good. You're picking up my strategy slow, but I, I've been against I, and it's funny because as, as we've gotten into the PPR format, you have to pick wide receivers the, and the running backs have become such a, there's the franchise running back is, is almost like a, a dead thing at this point. You know, like the, those true like bell cow running backs, they don't get enough points because they're not necessarily the, the pass catchers. If you can find the ones that are the Jonathan Taylors and, and those types, your, your money. But I think that picking wide receivers is uh, pretty critical in a PPR league. What, what's your favorite spot to draft? Uh, Slobo in a 10 team league um I asking for a friend I, I think three or four is my ideal spot because I've been really targeting Justin Jefferson pretty much <laughs> all year um it never ends up working out for me because I like zone in because the first round's very much you know there, there's like a handful of guys that really are like first round material and I my general strategy has always been I like x amount of of players this year as like difference makers. And then I say, okay, that is the pick I want because I'm fine getting any of those. So in like prior years when it was, you know, heavy on Kamara, uh, Ezekiel Elliott, uh, Christian McCaffrey, it was like, all right, I'll pick, I'm glad to pick three because I can get either of those three. Uh, I'll just take whoever falls. And then I get an earlier pick the next round. And then uh, this past weekend i did uh the 12 team league but i picked 11 but it was also like a keeper league so the whole first round was a little bit silly in of itself but um so a lot of people for example um, i'm very tapped in on like twitter and social media a lot of the you know the betting the betting people will have chris mccaffrey as their second overall pick some people really like austin eckler i'm a justin jefferson fan a lot of people are saying, look to last year, Cooper Cup was the, clearly the best player. And then, you know, there's a few people that are really in on Jamar Chase. If he was that good as a rookie last year, how good is he going to be this year? So there's a lot of schools of thought. And I, I really think that once you get to second overall, I mean, there's like five or six pretty decent options. That almost makes it harder because I feel like this year is a changing in the guard in terms of who the superstars are in the league. Like you said, the even even Jonathan Taylor, I'm like, okay, he had a great year last year, but is he is he like that number one player in the draft? I don't know. I mean, it, it is tough to to see who you know. And then and then you got guys like Tyreek Hill that have killed it, and now he's on a new team. Dalvin, or sorry, Devontae Adams is on a new new team. It, it's really there's a lot of unknowns and a lot of players with a lot of potential coming out. I, I agree that guys like Jamar Chase, I, really, you can't go wrong with a uh, LSU running back this year, right? Yeah. Or sorry, LSU uh, wide receiver. Uh, we kind of say it uh, a lot of years, but this is really a year where going in your first round, just get a player that like don't don't overthink it, and then really you're going to want to make your money in the middle rounds and just picking the the right breakout candidate. Like you could have Cooper Cup in the sixth round last year, who's like this year's Cooper Cup. I probably know one, but that's really where you're going to make your bones because I, I really don't think in the first round there's too many guys that are going to differentiate themselves. I think it's just a matter of not getting cute with it and, you know, picking someone that I mean, obviously injuries you can't, you can't really account for, but you know, don't, don't go out there and pick a guy that, you know, is coming off an ACL injury or 
like a, a bad injury from like three months ago and might not play, just, you know, pick someone that's going to get through the season and find, find your points elsewhere where you're going to get your edge. Don't pick a quarterback in the first three rounds. You can get, you can get <laughs> value way, way, way later in the draft, unless you're in like a 20 team league, which would be crazy. As far as strategy goes, the one, the one thing I think I've impressed on Gab more than anything is your last round should be your kicker. Your second to last round should be your defense. And unless you feel particularly strongly about the players you're drafting at the other two positions, I generally go tight end, the third to last round, the quarterback, the fourth to last round. So generally find that people chasing that ridiculous season end up getting burned more often than they end up with the, the right one. Nine times out of 10, you're going to end up getting that quarterback in round 10 that has that Josh Allen type breakout year. The, the Lamar Jackson, I think I had Lamar Jackson in the 11th or 12th round, the year that he just dominated the league. Yeah. And, then, and then, like you said, the next year, somebody chased him early and he didn't do as well. Yeah. I, I'm impressed, Slobo, that you can keep up with that many teams. I, Like I said, in my, my older years and, and being a father, I don't have time for any more than two. Like <laughs> anything past two, and I'm like, the other part that I hate about fantasy is anything past two and you're starting to cheer against your, your own players and other leagues, you know, from week to week. And that's where it gets crazy. And then on top of that, you have to cheer against your own NFL team. I guess we can all agree that the NFL team trumps all, right? I, mean, I don't have part. an NFL team, but uh, I think for Gab, that, that stands. It's hard for me to pick a Cowboy. Yeah. <laughs> I don't like picking Packers, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, that's the vibe, right? Like, I don't want to see the Mets win either. I don't care if they're playing the Braves. No offense. <laughs> it's kind of funny because uh, fantasy football is like kind of bred a, a new type of fan or fantasy sports in general, where they don't really have any allegiances. And I, I mean, I'm definitely the sort of person that this, uh, that I'm going to complain about here, but uh, it ends up just being people that follow players and they just, you know, they root for a particular player's success. And for a lot of what I'll call standard fans, it doesn't make a lot of sense because, you know, <laughs> you'll be, people will watch me on a football Sunday and I'm, rooting for like five or six different teams. And they're just like, I don't understand what's going on. Like this one team scored a touchdown and you were excited and the other team scored and you were still excited. I don't really get it. And that's kind of what's happened to me where it's like, I have certain players that I really like. So what you were saying, Luke, is a way I make it easier on myself with like the multiple teams is I tend to draft like a very similar team wherever possible. So uh, like, for example, last year, DeAndre Swift was a player that I really liked. And he was going like the third or fourth round. So I was more than happy to reach on him and have him in pretty much every league because it makes it a lot easier to root for one player instead of, like you were saying, rooting for one player in one league and then another in another. And they're kind of contradicting each other. Yeah. Well, I feel like, like that was a pretty comprehensive coverage of fantasy football for both the listener who does know what fantasy football is and the listener who does not know what fantasy football is. And I should have given this to my girls league before we all drafted because they took quarterback names they knew in the first round so there was a lot of chaos involved like i said the weirder strategies end up being the ones that work out i don't judge anyone it is crazy when you look at your roster at the end of the year from what you had in the beginning and half the time you have probably half less than half the players that you drafted are still on your roster it is crazy yeah. yeah. Thank you guys for coming on and talking about this. Uh, when this airs, we will be 24 hours away from the first football game of the season. Here's your reminder to set your lineups for those of you that actually do play. 
Yeah, uh, I'm thinking about dr drafting a defense on the first round uh, this time around. So I like to keep the points down. You know what I mean? I, I don't want to. I don't want to show off. It, basically, that's it. Uh, but these, you know, these two guys were the perfect guys to have on this episode. My eyes glazed over about 20 minutes ago. But for anyone, anyone who plays fantasy football, these two guys are the guys to listen to. Absolutely. That's for sure. I heard that I heard that Jalen Rager's available this year. So yeah. <laughs> you guys draft him right first up round. for some reason. <laughs> Actually, I hope he I hope he has a better time over in Minnesota because well he gets to play with he gets to play with the player that's haunted him his first three years instead of against him. All right. Well that is uh, should we call that an episode? I don't know. It felt more like an instructional uh video for our listeners leading into the football season this year. Well, whatever you want to call it, I think it was uh, like 15, 20, 25 minutes well worth our time, <laughs> especially with the first actual football game of the season coming up in just what, two days? No, it's no, tomorrow. It's, that's right. It's to be tomorrow. Thursday. Wow. Yeah, Thursday. Yep. That's it for this week. I am Gab, and Chris usually does these outros. So <laughs> thanks everybody for listening, and we'll catch you next week.